and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage, where I head to Sino Plaza in Causeway Bay for a lovely exhibition of photographs from the 1950s that cross-compare the work of two photographers from that era, and Singapore and Hong Kong. The exhibition presents works by Lee Fook Chi, a self-taught photographer who moved from Singapore to Hong Kong as a teenager and, even in old age, in his small flat in a public housing estate, still had a dark room. And Marjorie Doggett, a conservationist and animal welfare activist who captured the cityscapes and buildings of Singapore. The exhibition has been supported by, among others, the Sino Group, which marks its 50th anniversary this year. Providing me with an insight on the exhibition is its curator, Ed Stokes, of the Photographic Heritage Foundation, who discovered Lee Fook Chi and brought his work to the world. Well, the exhibition here in the Sino Plaza is based on two books published by the Photographic Heritage Foundation. One concerns Lee Fook Chi's photographs of Hong Kong. The second is based on the Singapore photographs of a lady called Marjorie Doggett. They were both immigrants to each of their cities in 1947, and they both photographed their cities, Lee Fook Chi, Hong Kong, Marjorie Doggett, Singapore, in the 50s. So they seemed a natural fit to bring them together, two cities that have a lot of similarities but also great differences, two photographers who themselves had similarities yet also great differences, and through that to effectively present a visual time capsule of these two cities. And it was great to partner with Sino Group and Nteng Fong Charitable Foundation because they too bridged the two cities operating based in Hong Kong, but operating equally or greatly in Singapore. Now, if people would like to come and see the exhibition, it's up here on the third floor at Sino Plaza in Gloucester Road. Uh, is it going to be moving around parts of the city? Uh, this exhibition stays here, very handy to Causeway Bay MTR. This here is until the end of May, but separate to this major exhibition, there are smaller ones that will be roving around various Sino properties. Yeah, so this is available to the public from about 10 a.m. in the morning, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, free to the public. I walk in seven days a week, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. So when you were looking at both of these, you, with your foundation, have any number of photographers. These are generally ones that you've discovered? Well, come over here to where we have some negatives displayed because a key thing in everything the uh, foundation does is to search out collections of photographs from... Well, the pre-war years, post-war years, that all in different ways show how the fundamental changes in societies in Asia, but also the continuities. And it all rests on discovering, sleuthing out, really, collections of negatives that are quite major collections of negatives. Here's this wonderful negative of a star ferry taken by Lee Fook Chi with the mountains of Hong Kong rearing up behind in the mid-1950s. And... It's our ability, which is based on, an, well, in fact, a very large amount of knowledge going back years and years, in fact, in some cases decades, to find these collections of photographs, liaise with the institutions who generally hold them, or not in the case of Li Fuk Chi, and then seek to publish them to bring them to the public. With Li Fuk Chi, he is interesting in the sense that he's got urban photographs of, of the city and then very rural Hakka 
type uh, villages. What's his heritage? Uh, a very interesting story. In, come over here to where there's a case that shows uh, some of Lee Fukchi's story. Uh, he was a orphan, in fact, or given away at birth. He was born in Singapore to an extremely poor family. And as was then quite common, he was given away at birth. So he grew up in Singapore, basically very disadvantaged, had two months of schooling, very poor life. And in the immediate post-war years, he became a seaman, did various voyages from Singapore. And in 1947, feeling, in fact, forlorn, woe-begotten, uh, he'd never connected with his adoptive family, he decided to immigrate to Hong Kong. And he worked his passage on a ship to Hong Kong and arrived 47. Uh, again, a contrast with Marjorie Doggett, who also arrived in Singapore in 1947, but she arrived as a passenger on a liner from England, leaving behind, uh, coming with her fiancé, but leaving behind basically a comfortable, educated background. Interesting. So he makes this trip here, and we've got uh, some almost like passport photos, really, of Lee Fook Chi going right back to when he's a young man and then through into middle age. And then I love this photo up the top here of him grinning with his, <laughs> evidently in his element. Well, this goes to the heart of the Lee Fook Chi story that is very much a Hong Kong story and that, of course, the Hong Kong he came to in 1947 was very, very much a city of immigrants, immigrants and refugees from China. And Lee Fook Chi was one of those. He had no real means to make a living having arrived in Hong Kong, had no education, but he was very smart, he was very street smart. And he had a cousin here who operated a studio, photographic studio, and there Lee Fook Chi learned the basics of photography. Uh, he bought a camera, this amazing bellow Zeitgeist contact camera that we have in this display case, and he began taking photographs of Hong Kong that now form this exhibition, showing its streetscapes, its countryside, harbour life, and so on. And he, he simply sold them on the peak to tourists in the years when, in fact, very few tourists had cameras. And he eked out a living. Describe his camera there that you've got there. Well, both Lee Fook Chi's camera and Margie Doggett's camera, of course, film cameras, uh, a medium format taking a fairly large film, uh, this is a typical, it's a little bit hard to explain without seeing it, but of course for visitors... It's got that kind of concertina effect, isn't yeah, well, it? They, yeah. they were bellows <laughs> camera. The, the, the bellows of the camera effectively bring the lens forward and give it more focal depth in focusing the image. But certainly visitors who come to the exhibition can see his original camera in this case, book and the um, calendar published with his photographs, because yeah, um, you, you collaborated with Lee Fook Chi. I mean, what was he like? Uh, he was a very engaging man. He was a charming, slightly mischievous character. <laughs> but the sheer fact that the Lee Fook Chi photos exist is almost a miracle because unlike most of our work that depends on in-depth, painstaking research, often over many years, Lee Fook Chi is a story of total chance of serendipity because I went up to the peak on an occasion, purely by chance, and up on the peak I saw this elderly man, there's a photograph of him here, selling small laminated prints. Immediately I could see they were from the 50s, that was obvious from the content, and I bought a few simply to give him some income because the photos, the prints, 
were in fact of low quality, nowhere near anything we could publish. But I'd forgotten an absolutely key element of photography, and that is that one can have fine, wonderful negatives and make poor prints, but you cannot have poor negatives and make good prints. So I basically dismissed Lethal Chief from my mind. I bought a few photos, I put them on my desk, end of story. And about a month later, I received an email from Singapore, remember he was born there, from a lady saying, I am the niece of Mr. Lee, he would love you to see his photos. I wrote back saying, well, I'm actually extremely busy and I can't run around anywhere looking at photographs because I had in my mind his prints that are poor quality. She very, very fortunately wrote back saying, ah, but he was a professional photographer which could mean any number of things. Yeah. A newspaper man, a wedding photographer, he ran a studio, doesn't matter. He was working as a photographer. So I said I would meet, and we did, and he brought these three unbelievably beautiful prints, just stunning prints, which proved my mind had gone wrong, that he had great negatives, because you can't make great prints from bad negatives. So we met, uh, we talked, he had a little bit of... So when was this? Oh, a long time ago, 10 years ago, 2011. Uh, he had some workable English, I have some workable Cantonese, and we agreed to meet. And then with a great friend, Liu Qin Ming, who became the Cantonese interlocutor until we'd engaged a Cantonese writer for the book, I visited his home, and there was this unbelievable array of negatives stored in mooncake tins in his public housing flat that measured 10 by 10 feet, yet in there he had a darkroom. Quite unbelievable. <laughs> what a discovery. Yeah, Wonderful. Yes, yes. What did he feel about late in life and, and what would he feel about today, you know, the, the fact that he's being recognised for his work? Without a shadow of doubt, he would be incredibly pleased, proud, happy. Photography really was the centre of his life. He, he made a living from it in the 1950s. And then, in fact, when colour photography came in, late 50s, early 60s, more tourists had cameras. His earnings declined and he stopped photography. He, remember, he had no education. He couldn't conceive how he could make a leap into some other kind of photography, you know, running a studio, getting a job. He never had a job as a photographer completely self-driven, self-earned. So he stopped his photography then, and in fact much of Lee Fook Chi's life, to be honest, as recorded in the book, through his oral history, was full of difficulty and trouble. Lack of money, businesses that didn't work, um, and so on and so on. And in his late life, in his mid-70s, he'd become aware, through radio in fact, but of course Cantonese, not English, he'd become aware through radio that heritage was of an increasing interest, late 90s, early 2000s. So he began printing his photographs from the 50s, which he goes back to the peak. It's a lovely rounding of the circle. He goes back to the peak to sell his photographs, and so I discover him. So he was immensely proud of them, and his 1950s photo taken his 2000s onwards, selling on the peak, categorically were the high points of his life. So yes, he would be thrilled and proud, as he was to know we were doing the book, but very sadly, tragically, in the course of the book being done, uh, he got a sudden illness in his mid-80s and passed away very soon afterwards.
I'm talking to Ed Stokes of the Photographic Heritage Foundation. We're at the exhibition Photographs from the 1950s, Marjorie Doggett, Singapore, and Lee Fook Cheese, Hong Kong. And uh, I'm surrounded here on the third floor of Sino Plaza in Gloucester Road by an array of uh, superbly reproduced uh, photographs from both of these photographers who would have been around from 47 onwards and have shown both urban and uh, rural aspects of both cities. What do you think, you know, when you were looking at, uh, I mean, Lee Fook Chi, what an amazing discovery. Margaret Doggett, what first struck you about her work? Well, Marjorie Doggett's work is quite different, partly because she was primarily focused on recording the urban landscape, the buildings, the vernacular buildings, but particularly the grand buildings of the heart of Singapore, many of them built in the 30s based on the boom of the 1920s. Great governments had a lot of money. Just in the display panel here in the middle of the exhibition, we've got an array of Marjorie Doggett's Singapore books. Um, some of you can tell just from the reproduction and the, the, the paper that they go back decades, uh, some even with a helpful map of, of Singapore at the front there. But again, how did you discover Marjorie Doggett and what appeals to you about her photography? The discovery of Marjorie Doggett by me and the Photographic Heritage Foundation, again, was rather different to our typical books that are based on very large collections of photographs in institutions such as Harvard, Cornell, National Library of Australia, Oxford. The connection with Marjorie Doggett was that I have a great friend in Singapore who's a historian, and of course he knows the kind of work and books we publish. And he said, you really ought to look at this book published in the 1950s, 1957, by a lady called Margie Doggan. And here we're looking at that original book called Characters of Light. Marjorie had come to Singapore in 1947 with her fiancé, settled down, never left, became citizens, passed away there in her old age. And in the 50s, she was very aware, and she was an amateur, very good amateur, but not a strictly a professional photographer. She was very aware that the economic development of Singapore, as in Hong Kong, where the, both cities had to overcome the huge post-war problems of unemployment, terrible housing and so on, that many of the old buildings might disappear. And she set out to photograph them, guided by architects and experts, and produced this lovely book, which, without a shadow of doubt, is the first photographic book by a woman about Singapore. And not only that, it was a pioneer book in recording the urban landscape. So whereas Lee Fook Chi took photos to sell to tourists, and of course they took them away with them, they were their memories of Hong Kong. What they took back to America, England, Australia, wherever. Marjorie recorded these buildings in her book, published 57, and here we see it republished in 1985, became a real driver for other people to push forward advocacy about heritage urban conservation. Based on her photography, her books, her urban conservation work, and in fact very much a very long-standing commitment to animal welfare. Again, she was a pioneer. In 2017, she was named, brought into uh, the Singapore Women's Hall of Fame, a, a, a kind of gallery of women who did great things in Singapore as pioneers.
How interesting. Yes, I mean, she, she's very much taken with Singapore as soon as she arrives, and you see that, that developing, the complete love of this city. You've commented on her work with animal welfare, but she does, she absolutely falls in love with the city. Yes, she did. She um, came with her husband-to-be, Victor, who became a very well-known music teacher. Uh, he'd served in Singapore just after the war with the Royal Air Force, and they fell in love, they settled, they had a son, uh, Nick, who's now an extremely close friend of mine. And in the book, uh, On the Back Jacket, there's this quotation from her which absolutely responds to what you were saying about their settling down, loving Singapore. And I really do believe that both in her case and Lethal Cheese, my case for that matter, my photographs of Hong Kong or Australia, you cannot really photograph with your whole heart unless you love the place. There's a very personal emotional, intellectual thing going on. In Singapore, Marjorie wrote in her book, In Characters of Light, As night descends, heralded by a short twilight and a sunset that is often a riot of colour, and we sit watching the tropical moon trace a shimmering silver path across the sea and glisten darkly on the palm trees overhead, we know that Singapore has taken a part of our hearts for her own. Lovely. Lee Fook Chi, perhaps the most special quote in the book, is when I was working with, early on with Liu Qinming, who, as I said, was our interlocutor before we engaged a Hong Kong Cantonese-speaking historian, Patricia Chu, to complete the book with me. In one of the early meetings, uh, we talked at length and we were beginning to see the glimmerings of a future project, and... At the end, Li Fuqi exclaimed with evident emotion, and I'm reading here, by chance we have met. You can save my photographs. We must keep my photos alive for Hong Kong. And he was a very voluble man. He was a very strong speaking man. And believe me, that was said with emotion and emphasis. Fantastic. And we see him here as a very young man. They're already sitting with a camera around his neck. Yes, and going back to uh, what I was saying about his pride in photography, here was Lee Fuqi in his cousin's studio where he learnt photography with his Zeissaconta, the camera in the display case, and he's proud, unquestionably. All around we've got impressive photographs that are well worth a visit, but it'll be interesting to see which ones you want to highlight from both of these photographers. The exhibition has both framed photos, 50 of them, and also a large number of photo and text narrative panels that elucidate aspects, periods of their lives, how they developed, what they achieved. The one here titled Growing Up Years I find very poignant because we have a photograph of Marjorie absolutely charming, ingenuous as she remained throughout her life, 15-year-old, and beside her, the teenage Lee Fook Chi, in a studio portrait in Singapore, very proud of a watch he has just bought, his first real possession, but he just left home. He'd left home because he'd grown up in a, as a stepson, effectively, of a, having been given away at birth, and in reality, his growing up years were deeply unhappy. Marjorie came from a loving home. She attended school. Lee Fuqi never had any schooling. Uh, she'd attended school. She trained as a nurse during the war, so she was tending wounded and dying men shortly after the Battle of Britain. 
So they have polar opposites, um, Caucasian, Asian, happy childhood, unhappy childhood, and yet they both launch themselves with their inner drive. They both have great inner drive to achieve with their photography and to do something for the places they lived in. A second panel is called New Beginnings, and this looks at how they both arrived in Marjorie, Singapore, Leaf of Chi, Hong Kong, in 1947, and again, paralleling their early lives, Marjorie and Victor, her fiancé, quite rapidly get established, although they live very simply. They, they're living here in a garage. They lived in a garage for four years. But nonetheless, their life was far removed from Lee Fuk Chi, who, until the mid-50s, is living in a squatter home in the Tai Hang and later Shakiwan hillsides. So, again, they're poles apart, but they both bring their photography here and they begin to develop it. The third of the narrative panels is titled Tale of Two Cities, with apologies to Dickens. Tale of Two Cities, the panel here, tells the story again of how in the 50s Marjorie, camera in hand, roamed Singapore, recording the buildings in an incredibly painstaking way. And she kept a negative log where every negative is numbered and named. So she did this pioneering, painstaking, deeply researched study. Li Fu Chi, as we said, is on the peak, uh, roaming around Hong Kong, taking photographs of beautiful framed photos in the exhibition. And he is, in reality, making a living from photography. He doesn't actually see himself as a photographer. He sees himself as a streetwise guy who'd figured out a great way to make a living. But he had enormous technical skill, and so we have this wonderful treasure trove of his view of Hong Kong in the 1950s. Yes, here we've got a photo of two Chinese ladies up on, on the peak, and uh, uh, the one is dressed in a Chiang Sound, the other in, in uh, uh, a summer dress. And, uh, of course, then you've got the, the of interest to us as well, is the, the not only the fashion of the day, but uh, also the harbour behind, and uh, it's a lovely photograph. Yes, it's a charming photograph, and we can see that the, the panorama of the city, both Hong Kong, Singapore, in some bigger panels. The way that this exhibition is set out is uh, you've got uh, basically panels where you can find out more information. You've also uh, got some framed photographs of both photographers, Lee Fuk Chi and Marjorie Doggett. And over here, uh, with the harbour behind, uh, you've got sort of what, what would you call these box panels? These are boxed photographs, essentially, which we really love. And in developing these, there was great collaboration with the Sino Group Exhibition team. And we have these four wonderful two-metre-wide each panoramas of both Singapore, Marjorie Doggett, Hong Kong, Lee Fuk Chi. And a rather magical thing to me, because I love the Hong Kong landscape, as you know, is that here we're looking across the harbour, and through the windows of these superb views over the harbour, we see Kowloon Peak, we see Lion Rock. Here, in Lee Fuk Chi's photograph, all those years ago, we see Kowloon Peak and all the intervening peaks in Lion Rock. But the photographs themselves are superb and very interesting for a number of reasons. One, of course, is that um, they were both great port cities, so Bar Shanghai, really, the greatest port cities of Asia. And they have many similarities. They had their colonial history, British administration, Chinese populations, Chinese energy, of course Singapore, also Indian and 
Malay people, and yet they were very, very different places, very different. And, of course, one of the differences was their sheer topography. So in the left-hand box, we see a wonderful view over the inner part of Singapore where one of the buildings, a little bit hidden, is the Fullerton Building Singapore, then the General Post Office. Wonderful building. Uh, now, it's still there. Absolutely. Now the Fullerton Hotel Singapore. And, of course, again, it connects to Margie Doggett in that the preservation of those buildings, 70s, 80s, depended in part on her inspiring other people to push urban conservation. So on the left, we have Singapore, flat primarily. Here on the right, we have this magnificent view taken from Magazine Gap Road. You can, it's just above the peak tram line, looking over the heart of Central, tallest buildings, newly completed Bank of China, pre-war Hong Kong-Shanghai Bank, looking across to the majestic line of the Nine Dragons, the Kowloon Hills, and of course then the harbour, Hong Hom's still a great bay, no reclamation whatsoever. But what I find astounding about all of the photographs in the exhibition, or photographs generally, and drives the whole work of the Photographic Heritage Foundation, is the incredible detail that a negative that is six centimetres mm. by seven yes. can record. And in this we can see this minute detail of every aspect of central then. The British naval base at Tamar, Peak Tram, the old cricket club, uh, Queen's Building, Prince's Building, Bank of East Asia. You can go on and on. You could quite literally write a small book about this one photograph when you probe into the detail. Yes, it is extraordinary. I was thinking that as you were talking, that the fact that you can blow this photograph up to uh, across two meters, and and you see all this magnificent detail, and of all, the, all of course of these buildings that are long gone. Yes. So what value, uh, you know, in, in that chance meeting on the peak? Absolutely. This is his star ferry photo. Then in my, I have slug names as I call them for photos to keep them in my mind, and I always call this star ferry classic because it is a classic photograph of a pre-war, tall-funneled star ferry, and yet curiously so like the star ferries today. You could cut the top off the funnel and it wouldn't be that different. Steaming across the harbour towards central, central on the left, Shengwon on the right, and of course, as always in Hong Kong, as still today, the peak rearing up above. And if we look closer, you can see this fascinating detail of the passengers on the ferry, the foreshore of Central, buildings beginning to creep up the mid-levels, uh, the Shuntak Macau Ferry Terminal. So although there are huge differences, of course, today, still many, many parallels. One of the key things in the work the Photographic Heritage Foundation does, having discovered collections of photographs, is dating them as precisely as you can. In Marjorie's case, we have the enormous benefit of her logbook, that literally year by year dates every photograph. I mean, talk it's about a, a gift. gift. <laughs> yes. Exactly, a gift from heaven. And over here you've got uh, the Bank of China building, and I love all the cars in front. Generally, the key dating methods for photographs are looking at buildings, and in Hong Kong, paradoxically, the rate of urban change helps you date photos. Buildings come, they go, mm. if it's there. So we know here this must be post-1952, because that's when the Bank of China was completed. On the left, we have these wonderful photographs by Li Fuk Chi, 
that show particularly the tram lines in Hennessy Road, Chinese Methodist Church, a KCR Tower with the bus station, and my favourite is his photograph on the bottom right of DeVoe Road just where it crosses Pedder Street. And if we look at this, the, the detail in the photograph is quite incredible of people going about their daily life, the Tiffin carrier with his tray, the tram inspector, the fancy car, very few cars, of course. One of the most interesting aspects then is that all companies had flags. Today we have logos, and you can see all the flagpoles jutting out from the oh, buildings. Right. My thanks to Ed Stokes of the Photographic Heritage Foundation. The exhibition, Photographs from the 1950s, Marjorie Doggett, Singapore, Lee Fook Cheese, Hong Kong, is on show on the third floor of Sino Plaza in Gloucester Road until May the 30th. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage. <laughs>